1: The Deltic Podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Graham Young to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. Uh, on the board today, gents, it uh, feels like we're on day perhaps 500 of what should happen to the rest of the season um, and we don't seem to be getting much further forward but I thought it was a wee opportunity for us to, to sit down and go over it so I'm assuming in these times of isolation you've all had plenty of time to think about it. Uh, so we'll go start with you, Mick. Um, where do you see the, the rest of the season going, and what do you think perhaps should be done?
2: Oh, I see it as a all by myself. <laughs> Don't want to be <laughs> all by. <laughs> I think we're starting to go start crazy here after a couple of weeks of this. But um, to be honest with you, I am I'm not optimistic about seeing football again for a, a good long while. To be honest with you. Um, I've got serious reservations about the, the kind of um, well, I can forget about restarting the season anytime soon and getting this season finished off uh, the start of next season I think could be a real problem I don't think, to be honest with you I, can't, I think it might be 2021 20, before we see football again in the crowds. that's the kind of scenario I'm thinking about now, I think this is looking like I could be on and off isolation jobs for, for the next six months
1: mm-hmm. which is
2: going to cause absolute havoc with, with sport, but listen The caveat is, of course, there's more things to worry about in life than than sport and football and all that stuff. But we need to park that kind of reality for a second and and deal with the the sporting aspect of it. I just think we're we're in real bother here in the next kind of um, six months. Uh, And I I, I, I can find it really difficult to plot a route through it, to be honest with you. But we'll have to wait and see week by week and
1: just hope for the best. Well, it's as you say, Mike, isn't it? It's such a, you know, we talk about week by week, but this seems to be like a kind of, in the sort of wider general terms, not just in football, but it's like a situation that's developing almost, you know, it's day by day, hour by hour. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, So it's, and, you know, the kind of sort of message from, you know, some of the top health officials yesterday is, you know, we could be six months before these, yeah, yeah, six months to a year before these, not so much maybe the complete lockdown in in place for that time, but at least some sort of, you'd think like sort of, you know, the crowd control element of well, that no, that's the thing. You can't is probably have, going to be one of the last events. things to go.
2: It's kind not make with yeah. policing, with um, hospitals mm-hmm. on standby in case it happens at these events and all that stuff. There's a whole lot of factors involved required mm-hmm. to put on major sporting events. Um, I, I mean, maybe maybe I'm just wearing a bit a, of a tinfoil hat just now and I'm, I'm looking at for conspiracies but I think all this talk about finishing the campaign and next season and all that stuff and, season ticket renewals, I mean clubs are crying out for money so they're, they're going to play this game for a few weeks I think about the kind of, offer oh, next season or, or getting this season finished and buy your season tickets because they need the money coming in, whereas the reality is they do not know when this is going to happen again.
0: Mick, what yeah. you th- what's your gut feeling then? Do you think it'll be a null and void season or do you think we'll settle and we'll decide on title winners and relegation? How do you think it's going to play out?
2: Listen, this is, I don't understand, I can't quite understand the kind of, the 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 fact that next season seems to have the priority over this season. I don't, I don't understand that mentality. Why would the season that's not started take more priority than the one that's still been three quarters finished, or eight, 90% finished? I don't understand that. This Obviously, it's about the real high echelons. It's the Champions League. They want that up and started on time next season, so that's where the real money is. And all the rest of the leagues need to follow in uh, and follow in suit. But I, I think that the current campaign should take precedence. I think that should be finished off at the first opportunity it can be. When that's going to happen, God knows, that's the big question, isn't it? Um, so I would actually postpone the start of the new season to get this one finished. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that's not even, it seems to be it's null and void, or play games in closed doors, or whatever, catch up in June. I think this is, I think the current campaign is, is so far gone down the road, it has to be finished off, whatever that is. Whether or not we get back out onto the pitch again in December, January, and play the games then, maybe play the cup competitions for the following season, that in that interim period, and then just write off the whole of 2021 season. start it again the following year that would make more sense to me i know how the money situation the money can't come in but you could set up and be competitions in the early part of next season you get euros i mean to try and get through i I don't know it's it's just a mess but i I don't understand this kind of desire to kind of bend the season we've already played 90 percent of and then try and get going for next season because i think the one that's ongoing should
1: be the priority yeah what about yourself graham how do you what do you think is the best option here
0: well, I, I, I'm Mick. I think that was very true. The point about the the priority in seasons, about next season seems to be taking presence over this one. But I think there's a few alarm bells maybe ringing yesterday with the UEFA vice president talking about UEFA, um, <laughs> who've obviously been everyone's looking to for clarity. Are going halfway, maybe wash their hands of uh, a final decision in a while weeks to deal with themselves. And I don't think that maybe I think we know in Scottish football how tribal things can be, and uh, everyone. It's kind of pulled over relentlessly so if the SPFL and SV are going to be the ones having to make a kind of final call on what happens this season, I think that's uh, going to cause uh, some sweaty palms in uh, Hamden just now in terms of a final decision uh, it's massive and I think now more than ever we are starting to see kind of little inclinations I know last week there was a few murmurings that the Premier League if, uh, would happily see the season null and void there uh, where others obviously you'd imagine a team like Liverpool, um, who've never been closer to win the title after 30 years, Celtic in a similar boat here, Hearts at the bottom. Uh, there's teams with massive, uh, it's all in the line, and it's this kind of storm of uh, money that's going to obviously be coming out the door uh, with the fact there's no football, plus the ramifications of the decisions made now, it will last for years to come. So I think as much as there's been a A lot of debate. There's still I don't feel we're any clearer now. We are ten days on or two weeks on from when the the talk started about how this is going to end. But I I still think null and void. It just it seems a a palatable way to end a season with so few games remaining. There's only for some teams it's nine, some eight and ten. I think we could. Scott, that season's got to be finished at some point. That's the feeling. Uh, I think. I think the null and
2: void option opens up a whole, whole kind of um pro- box of problems in terms of. I
0: agree.
2: Season tickets, TV money, the whole lot. Do you know what I mean if you try and null and void a campaign that didn't, I mean it didn't exist, then mm-hmm. everything that went to a game, when they want their money back. The TV companies want this is about money back for what they've shown so far. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I think it opens up um, a whole lot of problems down the line. I don't know. Um I just think, just get that this current season finished, whenever that may be, maybe early 2021 by the way it's going, but just Mm -hmm. try and get
1: it finished. Yeah, and just to bring it back, Graham, to what you were saying about, you know, the kind of sweaty palms at Hamden, and just, you know, those murmurings you were mentioning from UEFA, do you think that, you know, basically saying we'll leave it up to the separate associations, do you think that's the the right kind of way for, for them to go? Because then you could... You know, hypothetically, what you could see across Europe is, you know, there's no uniform approach to this. You know, one league might declare final, others might go null and void, and does that not then create a whole controversy in itself?
0: Perhaps I think, I think that's a good point. But I think as well with these UEFA comments, I think some of it might be a bit of posturing as well. But for their own uh, European tournaments, Europa League, Champions League, they, they're very keen to get things moving as quickly as possible. I think the Premier League fall into that. this talk that came out over the last uh, 24 hours it, almost a kind of World Cup-style training camps for Premier League teams to play behind closed doors but as people rightly point out all it takes is one positive uh, COVID-19 test for any player and that will fall down like a pack of cards so mm-hmm. right but there's the top the leagues with the most money appear the most desperate to get the games back underway Javier Tebas the La Liga president he's been very vocal you go outside of football with things like UFC Dana White these guys who big uh, big personalities that make big decisions are desperate to get these games back on and are happy to kind of go out there on record and state that they'll do everything they can to get games back underway. So I think Scottish football, its no criticism of Neil Doncaster and Maxwell, but they've looked very happy to kind of follow what English football have been doing so far, kind of take their lead uh, from the Premier League in terms of even the way that was 24 hours after they decided to go until the end of April. Uh, On uh, lockdown, Scottish football falls. I think that'll continue. I think Scottish football would be quite happy to go with as much as they can the consensus in Europe but that might be the big issue. There might not be a consensus as you're saying that it appears that um, everyone's got their own vested interest and this is, again, as Michael touched upon that an all-in-void season, for instance, it could cause major problems because if everyone's um, not singing for the same hymn sheet then we could end up with a, a fractured football calendar that could last for years to come listen mm-hmm. listen indeed the reality is as well
2: and uh, seen a couple months time what color of ribbons are on the trophies aren't going to matter isn't going to matter to be honest with you because we're going to have clubs that are absolutely in dire straits at this rate I mean all over Europe it's not just going to be us by the way it's across the whole, whole continent all whole over the world and um, no no revenue streams there's all the chat about TV companies wanting money back from from associations English football are absolutely panicking about that one because they're talking about 800 million quid a season or something like that. It's just ridiculous. So I think I think the colour of the ribbons and the trophies and by, by the next few weeks and months, I think that might be the, that might be the least of our concerns when it comes to this situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Just to maybe touch on the bigger issue as well, I know that what you're saying there, I think it makes perfect sense, but I still think people who are confined to the house, and I think increasingly day by day, people know the severity of this um, pandemic is causing heartache across the globe but I think Britain's really still the eye of the storm really it's coming it's not very started yet it's not even started yet yeah so when people the actual uh, the death toll rises which it appears set to do that that will change I think the bickering that maybe still exists now yeah would be the same appetite for family members who are managing oh, Totally. family totally. their illness so I think there's going to be a, in a couple of weeks that's maybe why now is the time to maybe come to a, mm-hmm. A, a real resolution on this and be take away uh, tribal kind of arguments for either side, and I think now now is the time to kind of come for answers. But it might not be um, a, a, an option in the weeks to come. I think there'll be big things to talk about.
1: Yeah, cause I don't even know about yourselves. I, I, I don't know if it's just because you know what the the bigger picture is is taking such precedence, but it already sort of feels as though there's less as there's less bickering already. As if the kind of gravity of this is it's setting in. I feel like I'm seeing less arguments about it, or am I just looking in the I think in different so. places?
2: I think. I think the, the kind of um, the reality vacuum that is Scottish football. I think that's starting to kind of fall away now because people are getting this is now went a second week of, of kind of um, lockdown. Some people been locked up in the, for two or three weeks and all that, so I think now the kind of priorities are changing for everyone. I think, aren't they? Yeah, it's becoming even, real. Even our football clubs now, we're starting to see more and more clubs starting to say, listen, we are heading into serious bother financially here because the clubs in Scotland are so reliant on the people coming through the door and over the turnstiles. That's why—that's their, their lifeblood. And if that's cut off, the TV money is, is shrapnel compared to what the rest of the income is. It's, um, if that's cut off, they're in real trouble. And I think they're going to see, I mean, it's the, you, everything is contract issues, there's wages getting paid. Listen, it's going to be an absolute. It's going to be
1: carnage in terms of the football clubs in the next kind of few months, I think. Graeme, do you agree with that? Do you think it's already sort of, not kind of off the agenda completely, but, you know, I think you sort of alluded to it, that there is a sort of realisation now, Um, you know, that this is kind of going above and beyond, uh, as Michael says, the colour of the ribbons
0: on the title? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, I think it's the first time we're realising as well with Scottish football, it's Scottish football a great agenda setter, isn't it? When you look at it now, like, you could have a game on a Thursday night and there's some massive decision, but by Sunday it's, it really is old news because something takes Scottish football on it just with the teams involved, the characters in it. I think for something like this, it will take the next step. I think that's because for Rangers fans, for instance, who are obviously passionate about the fact that the title shouldn't be uh, called for Celtic. Celtic fans who believe they're in a good enough position. Then you get Hearts supporters who believe it would be unfair for them to get relegated. It needs that next kind of big call for the, the governing bodies, really. I think everyone's stated their, uh, their intentions or, or where they stand on the issue. So I think we're just waiting on clarification for And I know, as we touched upon, uh, real life is obviously a much bigger priority for people, but mm-hmm. still passionate about their football teams. And I think that will still become evident if and when we get... Um, further guidance and what's to happen next?
1: I'm sure, uh, as you said, you know, there'll be that next step, uh, the next big decision that takes it forward. Um, But if we could just even maybe just focus in on Celtic specifically. um, Obviously, we're kind of very limited in terms of knowing what's kind of gone on behind closed doors, but I'm sure there'll be some sort of work still going on. It's like the as well, you know, Graham, you wrote about it uh, on the on our website today. The fact that we're getting closer and closer to the transfer window, um, which is, again, is going to be, you know, who knows how that's going to play out. Um, but you're kind of the view that this, you know, lockdown of football sort of gives Neil Lennon and the likes of Nick Hammond a bit of time to, to reassess and look at things in a different
0: way. Yeah, it's probably the one thing they can do, and it's not as a they wrote about in the piece itself, it's not that Celtic's head of recruitment or manager would be kind of underplaying the significance, this is what they can do in the house, modern technology, uh, the type of software and video footage that's available in managers and coaches uh, can be accessed at home, So, and for guys like Neil Wendt, he's just football daft, isn't he, like he just loves the game, and for him to be able to, the one thing he can do is maybe go over old Celtic footage and... Um, or footage of his team this season but can also look at players that maybe were on their radar in January that's something we touched upon looked at a few guys that were linked with there's a striker at Peter Brive and Tony who scored a lot of goals um, I think it was uh, we reported at the time that Celtic watched them at least on two occasions uh, so there's a guy that maybe they could look over Sean Weissman as well he's a Israeli striker actually not a client of Tutu Dan <laughs> funnily enough uh, he's, um, but he plays in Wolfsburg uh, Wolfsburger on Austrian side scored a lot of goals Pretty good with his uh, head. So there's players there who's been on the radar that we've, looked at, that we've kind of looked at today that maybe um, with a bit further kind of uh, scouting could maybe be on the ra- radar for the future. But I think for Celtic, like all teams in Europe, we don't know what the rules are going to be or how the market value changes players and contracts. There's a million, but I still think it's an opportunity in a most unfortunate time really to kind of do a bit of extra homework. And Celtic, more than Oh, they're up there with any club you could use in Europe, uh in terms of Ajax, PSV, Porto, teams that have been able to find proper quality um, in not the most obvious locations over the last decade and sell them on at a profit. So Celtic's whole business model is about finding um, under-appreciated players, bringing them in, developing them and selling them on. So it would be miss of them, obviously, if they've got a chance to maybe do more scouting, more, more work really. Uh, It would be a big surprise if they weren't taking that up. So we just looked at a few players who potentially could be on the radar and why uh, why they would be in the first place.
1: But it's just when we again to take it back to maybe the bigger picture is when we get to you know are we we going to have a transfer window as we know it in these next couple of months? Is it is it impossible to say? Do you think? Well, I can tell you what
2: there's going to there's a lot of scouting remote scouting getting done in the Belarus league. I think that's still going.
1: (laughs) Um, Uh, I think we've all taken up a Belarusian team. I think we've
2: all beat other the, the, the Belarusian Cupin K- bust at the, the weekend. Best, <laughs> that did all the weekend. Aye, aye. Uh, what a shocker that was! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so that's a bit all the place you'll get your, your fix just now. But uh, there's going to, like you say, there's going to be major changes. I think they're going to have to. I mean, you're going to have the usual kind of people out of contract in the, the end of the season. But the season's not going to end when it usually ends. So they're going to you're going to just dump all these players with no jobs. Is that is that what we're planning on doing at the moment? then reopen a transfer window to sign players that can't move anywhere because of the transfer and because of the travel restrictions. So they're going to have to either suspend the transfer window until we're back and and force clubs to extend the contracts, the guys are out of contract, even in the short term, because you can't just dump these guys. Because there's no prospect of employment. Um, Or do they fall into the usual national um, regulations on, on jobs and this kind of retention schemes and all that stuff? It's, I mean, it's what a mess it's going to be because you can't have. I mean, I mean that's, that's another problem with restarting the season if it's later in August, September, October. Because if you're hearts or whatever, and then the fancy window opens in, in June, July is normal, you're going to go out and, and find money from somewhere to try and strengthen that team so that you get out of the situation you're, you put yourself in that you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do at this point. So it's, there's a, a fairness issue there uh, as well. just to add to the confusion. Um, yeah. So what? I mean, it's, it's a big, massive knot. I don't. I don't even know how they could begin about unraveling. But you've got to think. First and foremost, players; it's their jobs as well. So you're going to just dump these guys with a job in June no. as normal, with no prospect of going anywhere else because the sport's no longer in operation. Yeah, at the time being. So it's it's a hugely uncertain time for everybody,
1: especially but, at the levels where there's you know there's less money involved, where it's more. You well, know, guys are.
2: That's the problem. I mean, and you and you talk about scouting as well how do you scout? Because you, you don't know if you're going to be able to, to, to sign these players. So I say the transfer window now has to be something that has to be moved at some, at some point because the, the, the campaigns are getting moved. If you have restart, say for instance, right, say we get some sort of great news and listen to Touchwood, it would be brilliant if it happened and you say, right, we're back in action, we're going to play in June, three games a week, the whole of June, get the season done and dusted in June and you think that's brilliant but that's a pleasure of mm-hmm. in June, remember? So mm-hmm. then you say, right, we'll bump the transfer window back to July uh, into, into into August, sorry, and, and, and keep the contracts running. Uh, these are all things that have to be addressed because it's going to be there's, it involves insurance, it involves say wages, it's everything. So an ideal scenario is you say, right. We'll automatically kick in a new contract extension for the short term, and we'll bump the transfer window to further on to our back. Um, but that, that not that effect will have everything on scouting and on, on signing the players for next year as well. I say next year. we to commas. Whatever
1: that season, may be. The next season, yeah. I should say rather than next year, yeah. And as well does you know, Celtic are no different to any other club, it's it's loan players would would they have to go back to their parent mm-hmm. clubs? I know there's been discussions over potentially um extending loans, but again, that's all still speculation at the moment, isn't it? That's another factor that's another part of these contracts that will
2: have to be to be um, addressed because as it stands, the the contract would expire and the loan deal would expire, and have to go back to the club. Um, can you arrange short term short term loans, or even but the clubs that they're they playing with, they may have to make massive cuts to their salaries at that point in time, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So they might be. I mean, obviously there's a lot of talk in Scotland about this Clause Twelve and, and getting shorter players altogether. Yeah. Um, Um, We don't know if that's something that's involved down south. I don't think it is, to be honest with you. But they might listen, there will be lawyers pouring over all that stuff all over the place. Because currently in England, there'll be guys who don't hardly kicking a ball on 70 grand a week. Yeah. Eating (laughs) up the funds every week. Uh huh. Um, So it's just a really uncertain time for everyone, I think.
1: Well, that's all from us today but you can join us again next midweek to talk all things Celtic. Thanks to Gail and Mick for joining me. Remember to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening.